So good to see all of you here this morning with us. Uh, you know, just uh, it's been a busy week. It's been a good week. Uh, I, I know that uh, just to start off, I have a friend that texts me uh, this week as a true story. And I just thought I'd just share it with you because it was a, it's a great story. And it's true. And it happened around this area. They have a guy that actually he's been fighting cancer for two and a half years so it's kind of dear to me when I think about that and he's been really struggling and fighting it and he's a he likes to hunt and when he can hunt he he goes and one of my friends is kind of an outfitter uh, had brought him and when they were going to start out on the hunt the guy goes uh he asked him the guide he goes have you ever gotten a banded bird and you know the guy that's been fighting the cancer he said Man, it's been one of my greatest desires to get a, a banded bird. If you don't know what a banded bird is, they, sometimes they'll catch the birds up north in a net and they'll put a band around it and mark it in case it dies or it gets killed. You write off and they send you a certificate and they just want to know what happened, lifespan, all that, blah, blah. So he's going back to the story. And he, he so he, he's, the guy's going out and putting some decoys, the guy, and he just kind of, under his breath, he goes, Lord, Help this guy get a banded bird. And he's just thinking that. And he's not really even a Christian. And he's just hoping, you know, he's just praying. And he said about 20 minutes later into their hunt, he said there's four specks. And he said, Lily, they seemed like they were in the heavens. And they start coming down and coming down. And they get closer till they get about 20 feet from uh, where they can shoot. And when they shot, they shot all four. And they all four fell. And so the guy went out to go get them, and the first bird that was on the guy that's been fighting cancer, the first bird that he went to pick up had a band on it. And he's like, I didn't want to get excited or anything like that. I just wanted to act normal, so I picked up all the birds. And, and he goes, and I knew that guy got it because it was on his side. And he said he brought it back to the guy, and the guy's just like, whoa. And he's going, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. And he goes, and this is the guy that's writing this. And he goes, I didn't know that God, God, that Jesus was a waterfowler. He said, but I can say this. Jesus was in the blind with us this morning. And, you know, for every one of us, you might feel like, you know, God's so far off and so distant. But I just want to let you know that, you know, God is so close to every one of you this morning. Before I share my message, I really feel like I just want to share a couple of things so you understand where I'm going through, what I'm going to do through this, this message. And then really what I want to start out with is if every one of you just had, put your palm out. Just do this this morning. And let's say I put in your palm this morning a compass, a titanium compass. It's an incredible compass. And that compass gives you direction. You know, I mean, if, if you had your compass right now, my compass would be facing kind of west. Yours would be facing east or, you know, just depending on where your angle is and stuff. But what happens is that compass gives you perspective where you're at. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And some of us don't know where we're at. And this morning, the message, I want to kind of help you find out where are you at? And see, you know, in another direction, sometimes we don't know our purpose in life. I talked to a lady that's in my, my insurance company, and, and, and she's a nutrition coach. And they, she's trying to coach me. 
And, she, and this was in her conversation. I said, look, and I'm a runner. She's a runner and all this stuff. And we, we got a lot of things in common. I said, yeah, we may have a lot of things in common, but if you want me to be brutally honest, I can run. I can do all those exercises and push-ups and all that stuff. But, you know, at night, I have some bad habits. It's called Bluebell. Anyway. And a few other things. You know what I'm, come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? There's just, I said, but if we're going to do this, I said, I want to be brutally honest with you. And she started telling me, she says, you know, if I couldn't do anything in my life, even if they didn't pay me, this is what I'd be doing because this is, I just like helping people. This is my purpose. And for some of you, you're living your purpose. If you watch Duck Commander, come on, you know what I'm talking about. Duck Dynasty and all that. You know, Phil Robinson just thinks his purpose is, to kill ducks, but if you just see this past week, I had a friend of mine tell me, he said he went to A&E, it's the most watched show on that, on the, all the little things right now, and these guys from Louisiana, but they've been cutting out when he's praying, even before he hunts, or at the mealtime, they've been cutting out the name Jesus. And he went to the people, and he said, listen, you asked me to start this show, you asked me, he says, if you don't let me if you do not put the name of Jesus back in the program every time I pray, every time, there will not be a new season. Come on. He says, because my purpose is not, I mean, he has a purpose. God first, family, then ducks. But he said, that's my purpose. My purpose is God. If you take out Jesus from our program, you're taking away from everything that we stand for. He knows his purpose. My question for you, do you know your purpose? I'm going to help you find that purpose this morning. For some of us, we need to know what our priorities are. How many of you know that there are certain priorities we need? You have, how many of you know that there's a battle going on inside of each and every one of us? It's our private life and it's our public life. Come on, let's be honest. Sometimes we have that, that, uh, that private life that we struggle with things, but we act like it's not happening in public. And see, this morning, i got to be honest about some things this morning. I have no real hidden, like, deep, dark sins that I want to confess to you, but there's some things I want to share with you about me this morning. Is that okay? Some of you go, I've been waiting for some of the juicy stuff for years. But see, this morning, it's really finding, where's my perspective? What's my purpose? What are my priorities? What is so, what is important to me? We need to find our priorities. And the last thing is, is this. What am I practicing to make sure that I have the right perspective? See, it's not what you think. It's what you practice in your life. You see, if there's practices that you're doing or decisions or choices that you're making, you're not going to find your purpose. You're not going to have the right perspective. And guess what? Your priorities are going to be all messed up. So it's what we practice. Hello. It's not what we say. It's what we practice or do. It's what we do. And so this morning, you know, I, I, I just want to say this. This morning we sang the song Away in a Manger. And welcome to part three of, of carols. And that's what we've been doing. But I, I just want to say, we're going to look at a classic carol away in the manger this morning. You should have a little, little, little note things to kind of help you follow along with us this morning. But this song was published by the Lutheran Sunday School Curriculum in 1885. They don't even know who the author was. That's not important. But they don't even know who the author was. And what it did, it's, it's, it's rather... It's, it's, it's a song that became real popular and impacted so many people for so many years. And there's a phrase that, that, that he used over and over in this song to focus. It's the little Lord 
Jesus. Rather than focus on the size of the baby, okay? I'm not here to focus on the size of the baby. But what I want to do is focus on this this morning. The lordship of Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus is Lord. You know, in the Bible, in the New Testament, Jesus is Lord. Lord is mentioned 740 times in the Bible, in the New Testament. Jesus is referred to as Lord. And so I want to look at one of the classic Christmas verses and show you the very first time we see Jesus called Lord. Is that all right? It's in, it's in Luke chapter 2, and I think it may be in your notes, but it says, And the angel said to them, Fear not. And I always look at that when I say, Man, can you imagine any time an angel would show up? He always says, Fear not. Now, I always want to say, That's easy for you to say. I mean, I would need pampers or depends. It depends on the moment. But if an angel came and said, fear not, and go, ah, you know what I mean? I mean, many of us would. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? And then he says this, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is called Christ the Lord. See, the big question is, what, what, what I want to deal with today is this. If Jesus is Lord, what does that mean in everyday life? What does that mean in my priorities, my perspective, my purpose, and even in my practices? What does that represent? What does that really mean in my life? If, if you're married, what does that mean in your marriage? If you're dating, what does that mean in your dating? If, if, what does it mean to call Jesus as Lord when you're Christmas shopping for presents? What does that mean? See, what does it mean to make Jesus your Lord? Are y'all with me this morning? The Greek word for the word uh, for Lord is spelled K-U-R-I-O-S, kairos. And what it, what it really means is it means this. It means supreme authority. And here's the one that you may have a problem. It's called controller. In other words, for some of you, the word controller is going to be a challenge because you want to be in control. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Thankfully, I don't have that problem at all. I'm not a control freak whatsoever, not a bit, as long as everything goes my way and everybody does what I say. I don't have a problem with control. Okay, I've got a problem with it. All right. I want control of everything. I want to drive the car. I want the TV control. I want, you know, come on, I can go down the list. I want the good shotgun shells. I want, you know what I mean? Hello? I want my kids to make certain kind of choices, but sometimes they don't make the choices that I want them. I want control. I fight control. How about you? I have a friend of mine. He's got one of the fastest growing churches in America. He's in our family churches. I won't say who is. It's Steve Robinson. Anyway. And Steve Robinson is an awesome guy. One of the smartest guys I know. I mean, he graduated from Tulane University in a subject called critical thinking. Okay? I mean, the guy's brilliant. Straight A's. Played for, went to John Curtis. Played John Curtis. They lost the state championship his senior year because he's defensive back. And he didn't cover the man right. And the, guy, the ball went right over his hands, right over his fingertips. And the guy from the other school, school turned scored the touchdown and won the state playoffs all because of my friend missed his you imagine you know hey there's steve he lost state championship for us 19 whatever 
But I remember getting in the car with him. I, he never will let me drive. He goes, Bubba, no, I like being in control. I said, you're a control freak. Yeah. But you know what? So for some of us, there's just certain things we just don't like other people doing. Come on. I know people, I know women, they will not let another woman clean their house. Why? Because they know exactly how they want that house to be cleaned. Come on. I know some people, like me, I don't let certain people call ducks or geese sometimes because they just don't sound good. They may win the duck contest, but for real ducks, they don't sound like it. You see, what does it mean... See, a lot of you want to be in control, whether it's I want my day to go this way. And, you know, I want my day to be like this. My week is going to be like this. My children are going to stand at attention and go, yes, my dad, whatever you want. (laughs) Somebody getting a little joy in the house this morning. Some of you are list makers. How many of you are list makers in the house? Come on. Come on. How many list makers do we have? Don't jack with my list. That's what they say. Don't you jack with my Or I want my, our Christmas to be just so perfect. The kids will come down. Their hair will be brushed. And we will read Luke 2. And nobody will fight. And angels will sing. And, you know, everything will be wonderful. And people will clean up the dishes. And the angels will do that. <laughs> Here's the question. What does it mean to make Jesus the Lord of your life? What does that mean? We don't make Jesus Lord. Do you realize you don't make Jesus Lord? God made him Lord. A long time ago, he's already Lord. What we do is we surrender to what already is. Does that make sense? We surrender our lives to his lordship. They, see, they believe in God, but they live. You know, when you, when you have lordship, I want to talk about two different levels, two different things this morning, two different levels of surrender this morning. Say me, say two. The first one is, number one, is the partially surrendered life. You see, I'm afraid this is pretty much where the majority of America is. Right now. It's the partially surrendered life. Pastor, what, what, there are so many people that I want to call casual Christians or even what you can call atheist Christians. What do you mean, Pastor Baba? You know, it's a, they believe in God, but they live as though he doesn't even exist. Can I tell you something? Let something happen to them. They live as if he doesn't exist. I know people that will not call on the name of the Lord, but you let something tragic happen in their life. It's, it's, you have complete access. Complete access. You know what? I believe this. That I believe that every person in this room needs the power of Jesus. You need the power of God. You need the power of God to tell the truth sometimes. Isn't it easier sometimes to want to kind of put a color to it? But there's no colors in lies. A lie is a lie is a lie. And I always say, if Jesus isn't Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. And so this morning, here it is. Jesus was take, 
he's talking to these about wise builders and foolish builders, and he's speaking to the foolish builder, and he says in, in Luke 6, 46, I have this memorized. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, but you don't even do what I say? You call me Lord, but you don't do what I say. You call me Mama, but you don't do what I say. You call me Daddy, but you don't do what I say. Anybody ever had that problem? Why are you giving me lip service? I don't see. He's saying this. I don't want your lip service. I want your life service. I want your life. Why is it? Why is it you're calling me Lord and then you do whatever the heck you want to do? I believe there's so many people who say, I believe in Jesus as Lord, but I still want to be in control and I want to do whatever I want to do. You know, I printed for you Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, and I put it from the PSV version. What does that mean? Partially surrendered version. And it reads like this, trust in the Lord with some of your heart. And lean on your own understanding. In some of your ways, acknowledge him. And he will make your own path straight. Pastor, what would, Jesus is no, look at me. Jesus is no part-time Lord. He's no part-time Lord. What do you mean? He doesn't want part-time followers. He's saying, you want to follow me? Take up the cross. And follow me. If you, want to, if, you, if you want to find your life, that's what he says. Lose it. Lose it. It's not this pick and choose. Hey, uh, I like this thing. Keep me. But, you know, I like this thing, and that'll keep me out of hell. But I'm going to do whatever the heck I want to. You see, I, wanna, I want you to take a moment, and I want you to ask God a question. This question very, very prayerfully. What have I not? This, let me ask you. What have I not surrendered to you, Lord? Can I just say this? When I'm preaching to you, I had asked myself. And, you know, as I'm doing this, I'm sitting at my desk, and the conviction of the Holy Spirit came on me. Hello? And, and you know, and, and what areas in my life am I not? Tr- am, I, am I still trying to control? What areas am I unwilling to give to Jesus or Christ? I want you to really, really open up and be honest, not with me, but with God. And see, God, before, be honest with God and put your name on whatever it is. Put it right there. You see, if I could... If I could be your, it, it, it would be, maybe, maybe some of the things is, maybe it's your kids. You haven't given God the Lord of your children. Or maybe it could be your future. Or it could be a relationship. Let me just share. I was sitting at the desk. You know, I'll just, just be real, real with you, okay? Is that all right? Can I just kind of like let my hair down? Some of it's growing back, praise God. But I was sitting there, my desk, and then the, the conviction of the Holy Spirit came strong on me. You ever had that? Where you listen to someone or you're reading something, and all of a sudden God just goes, I'm talking to you. No, 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 no. Not me, Lord. Yeah, I'm, glad, I'm glad you want to talk to the audience. No. God's going, no, I want to talk to you. And I'm like, 
Oh. And God begins to speak to me. This is what he says. I want to talk to you about your food habits. And I'm not trying to convert anybody to being a vegan in here. I want you to go to heaven happy, have happy taste buds. Is that all right? I mean, veganism in South Louisiana, that's like the devil, all right? And, and it's like the Lord just really convicted me. He said, you know, there's, there's some things. And my wife has tried to play the Holy Spirit a few times too. Have you, baby? If you, yeah. She has. And she goes, baby. And then one day, honestly, we got in a fight. Where was it we got in a fight and I said that thing to you? You remember? Where, where we were somewhere. And she, and I, and I was doing, you know, my, I was eating good. And then one day I just kind of, I snapped. Can I just be honest with you? I snapped. I said, why are you trying to be the food police? <laughs> Whew. If you would have seen her face, she was almost like a hornet. Food police, she goes, that's it, Bubba McCann. I'm not bothering you with it anymore. I'm not talking to you about you. You can eat whatever you want to eat. You can die if you want to die. You're gonna... She might not have said that, but she wanted to say that. And I'm like, that's right. Quit being the food police. I'm the, I'm the man. I'm not trying to convict anybody here. I'm talking about me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because I look back at my food. I see my ice cream. I see my chips. I see my dessert. I like to reward myself. People, I see you running past. Oh, yeah, I'm running from last night's bluebell attack. Because <laughs> if I did not be bigger in the house, they would have four doors for me to get through. Hey, hey Pastor Bubba coming through. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I like Cajun food. Come on, anybody up in the house. I mean, you feel that, you feel that red beans and rice and sausage devil. Anyway, just that gubbo angel. I mean, there's just something. I mean, we pulled up the other day. I'm taking my wife and my kids. They, were, they all came hunting with me. That's like God, all right? My wife, literally, I found a shirt for her to fit. And she's going, smells like dirt. I go, what does it matter? It don't matter. I mean, the ducks are going to go, ooh, say bon all Well, I can tell, you know, whatever. And I'll be honest with you. I, this nutrition coach told me, she goes, now what you need to do is, I'm going to help you. And she goes, she's got a purpose. She's got a passion for what she does. She's a runner like me. And she says, but I want you to write down everything you eat. Da, 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 da. That's the test. I'm serious. Zaps chips. Jalapeno. Come on. I mean, I started writing my list. I have it. Mine show my wife. I don't want to show her. But I have this list, and it's like all of a sudden I go, man, I got some bad practices. I need help. Are y'all with me? See, I'm not going to get invited by anybody to go eat today with them. I can tell already. I'm not saying I'm going, look, I'm not going wacko, you know, Ooh. you know, I'm not going to, listen, 
My wife, my wife tried to get me to eat that kale, which rhymes with whatever. And I tried to eat it, and she goes, it's the number one best thing to help you with cancer. I said, what's number two and three? I don't want number one anymore. I haven't told that in my nutrition. If you try to get me to eat kale, we're out. She started laughing. Going, no. I said, I'll take two. I'll, number two is broccoli, so I'll eat broccoli, all right? I don't want that. But see, let's talk about another surrender. You see, number two is the fully surrendered life. Fully surrendered. It means all in. I'm all in it, man. I'm in it. I'm in. I'm in it. I'm with you. Got you back. I'm in it. You know, it's like sometimes we're looking from the outside and go, I'm not getting in because I see all this and I see And sometimes we just go, I'm in. I got to be up in it. Not only am I in, but I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to be a Sunday Christian. I just show up on Sunday, but I'm full on. I'm full on. That's a word I used to use in college. We used to have this word. Remember going around campus? He's a full on Christian. He's a full on. She's like, he's full on. He's, he's like, you're all up in it. You're, you're up. You're in it. How many of you want a plumber to come to your house and he's just kind of half up in it? You want him to give his best shot. Am I talking Right. How about an electrician? He says, well, you know, I'm just going to do the wires to a certain point. And if you turn on the electricity, because I didn't put the electrical tape around there, you may be a few sparks, but I did it halfway. You go, well, you're only getting half paid, if not paid at all. Hello? But somehow, we think we can give God partial and not be all up in it or all on it. Y'all still love me? Not holding back. My life does not belong to me, but it belongs to him. It means I'm committed. God, I'm committed to your priorities, not just mine. I'm committed to your practices in my life. It's a priority. I have a purpose, and my purpose is to honor you. I'm a Christian. I'm like a Christ. I'm a little Christ. Does this make sense at all? Romans 14 says this, verse 7 and 8. For we don't live for ourselves or die for ourselves. If we live, it's to honor the Lord. And if we die, it's to honor the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. In other words, he says, I've come to give you life. And life more abundantly. Life abundant. He also said, didn't Jesus say that if any man come after him and let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow him? You see, now let me ask you a question. How many of you are living? How many of you are living? Okay, 50% of you. The rest of you, we're, we're going to have a prayer meeting after the church to see if you're really a li- you're living. You know, praise God. The rest of you, we'll have a prayer service at the end of service today for you that aren't living. If we live, here's a question. Why do we live? Why do we live? We live 
to honor the Lord. Let me give you an example. It might help you. When I asked my wife to marry me, how much did it cost her? Nothing. It cost me a lot. How much did it cost her? The answer is it didn't cost her much. I had to go get a ring. It was a gift. It didn't cost her anything. It cost me. But it cost her when we went and made that commitment and she said, I do, it cost her everything. You see, it's like, will you be mine? Will you marry me? You know, see, at that point, when we stood before God, she gave her life to me. Here's the deal. She belongs to me. She's mine. I belong to her. I'm hers. We belong to the Lord. We're his. Does that make sense? Here's the deal. When Jesus shed his blood and died for you and me, he offered the ability of the free gift, and it's called salvation. And see, it's by grace that, we, that we're saved through faith. It is not by works that a man would boast, but it's called the gift of God. It's a free gift. Salvation costs you nothing. It costs Jesus everything. See, but when you say yes to it, you no longer own the rights to your life. Does that make sense? You belong to... Does that make sense? Come on, I want to help you. You belong to him. Here's the bottom line. The reason so many of you do not surrender some area of your life to the lordship of Jesus is because we don't know him in that area of our lives. We just don't know him in that area of our lives. It's kind of like you. In me. How many of you know there's certain places you'll show your house off, but there's that room that you don't want anybody to see? Come on. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Get real honest, okay? I could take you to all the, in my entire house, but I'm not taking you to the laundry room. Because who shows off their laundry room? This is our laundry room. Oh, dirty clothes. They smell. Ooh, ooh. I didn't know the McCann smelled. Yeah, we do. And I probably won't take you to Nathan's room unless I've asked him if he's cleaned the house. He's cleaned his room, but he usually does. But some days you just don't know. Come on. And I'm not going to take you to my coat closet. It's clean right now, but you should have seen it before Tracy got on me about cleaning it. Oh, you cleaned it. All right. Okay. That's right. <laughs> he is Lord. I will be, I, I'm going to confess. She took care of it. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Don't go in my shed. I have, have camouflage, hunting things on the floor, on the thing. I mean, it's a wreck. I know where it is. Come on, I have it filed right. But you may die if you walk in there. The bottom line is we don't surrender because you just don't have the Lord because we don't know him in that area. To know him is to love him. To know him is to trust him. To know him is to surrender to him. Because when you know him, you know he's ever-present. He's all-knowing. He's all-powerful. And he's good in every area. You know, something I learned this week, and I thought was really good. You know, counseling is for 
When people go to counseling, it's mostly for things that they've dealt with in their past. Hello. People that mentor you are people that are walking with you through what you're doing right now. But see, the Holy Spirit wants to come along inside of you and begin to coach you to tell you about your future. That you have a future in God. See, some of you this morning, let me just say this. Look at me. I want to see the whites of your eyes. Some of you this morning, I'm not here to get on you. I'm here to just try to kind of get you to go, hey, I don't want to live this partial surrendered life. I want to live my life 100%. Because, see, when you just give a part, you don't get the full effect. You understand me? You just don't get the full effect. And there's some people, they want the full effect, but they're not doing anything to get the full effect. And see, God sends his Holy Spirit, and he's going, hey, I'm just trying to help you. And you know what? Let's not be partially. Let's just be all up in it. And then we all have our, we all have our bluebell struggles. Come on. I'm not talking. This is me. All right. Let me, and anybody, anybody have a bluebell struggle like their pastor? Come on. Come on, we're not. Okay, and it might not be Bluebell. It could be whatever, you know? Whatever it is. It could be that pie that's coming in Christmas. And, and, and you're, gonna, you're not going to let anybody know that it brought in. Somehow it, missed, it was missing, but you hit it. Because you didn't want anybody else. To, you were like, I'm going to save everybody else. But, you know, you're saving it for yourself. my wife doesn't stay with me just because of some empty promise but it's because there's an intimate ongoing love relationship it's because we know each other and because we've given our lives to each other the gift of eternal life may not cost you anything but your only responsible response is to give your whole life. And if you're not giving your whole life, at some point, you have to ask yourself this question. Do we really, do I really know him? Do I really know him? There's a real big difference between calling Jesus Lord and surrendering to his lordship. He's not a part-time Lord, and he doesn't want a part-time followers. So, Pastor Bubba, what does that mean? I think that really what it means, and I'm coming to this, coming to the end of this, is it means this. Are you really willing to be brutally honest with yourself and where you're at? And you know what? God understands struggles. That's where God's love comes in. You know, the, 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 first, the first two fruits of the Spirit, when someone gets filled with the Holy Spirit, is this. There's love and there's joy. Love and joy. First two fruits of the Spirit. And if you look out throughout the Bible, when people got filled with the Holy Spirit, it said there was joy. The joy and the fire of God was upon their lives. There was just something that radiated over them. And see, this is the question I have for you. Are you someone that radiates for Jesus? 
Are you someone that just walks around knowing that you have struggles, knowing that you need to surrender, but you're just holding on? And can I tell you something? When you hold on, this isn't in my notes, but it's, this is free. All this is called is pride. Pride. There's two types of pride. You heard me say it. There's arrogant pride. I'm, I'm, I'm the man. I'm the woman. I'm it. I'm that. Then there's inferior pride. God wouldn't want to do that for me. That's for everybody else, but not for me. God can do it for everyone else, but I know he would never do that for me. I believe that God has done those things in other people's lives and miracles and stuff, but God would never do that for me. Let me ask you a question. How many of you love God in this room? No, 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 let me see it high. Can I believe it? That's 100%. That's better than the 50% earlier, are you alive? <laughs> Can I tell you something? I know God loves you, and I know that you love God because you wouldn't be here if you didn't love God, number one. It's not, a, it's not listen to me. It's not whether or not you love God. It's whether or not you give God everything as you love him. Come here, baby. It'd be, she's not, it'd be like me coming to my wife every day, baby, I love you. I love you. I like you. I love you. Sit down before something happens. Sit down. (laughs) Okay. I love her. But see, if I'm on the side, listen, they have churches in America that the pastor's getting too old and the wife don't like her, her husband anymore and they give him a concubine. That ain't happening. Yeah, Mr. There, I promise you. Just unspoken. Okay, I promise you. If a concubine happened in my house, the spirit of Lorraine Bobbitt would become strong on my wife. That's all I got to say. But let me just tell you something. I can't be... Telling her I love her. And on the side, I got droopy eyes for somebody else. And I'm having, I'm, I'm having intimate conversations. Because then that means I really don't love her like I'm saying. Because the Bible says this. To love God with all your what? Heart, soul, mind, and strength. The Bible says to love your neighbor just like that as well. And how can you say you love someone when you're defiling, my, you're defiling your neighbor who's my wife? Come on. And I got something on the side. That's not right. And listen, you don't need to read the Bible to know that's not right. The Bible says this, the truth of God is written on men and women's hearts. That's what Jeremiah says. He says there's going to come a point in day where you don't have to go tell someone they're wrong or they're right. They're going to know it because it's like you don't open up and there's ten commandments. But you know it. You see, this morning, my greatest desire for every one of you is that you live that surrendered life not the partially surrendered life so because christmas time we're doing these outreaches where we're gonna i mean we're gonna go into paradise park you know what they're looking people there are looking for someone that's sold out for jesus got the joy and the love of jesus when we go to lake arthur and we go help the lake arthur crew that's what i like to call them the crew we had floats and be the lake arthur crew and they're going there to the housing authority. You know, the cool thing is, when my friend Mike Francis's wife was dying, 
And she was working for hospice. And I walk in, and, 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 and Mr. Mike introduced me. He's the pastor. And go, what are you pastor? I said, our Savior's church. Said, oh, oh. Y'all the people that came to us last year. And y'all cooked and y'all gave us gifts. Listen, and you the pastor? Y'all got an awesome church. I like your church. In fact, I like your people. I mean, she's just going on and on. I've got this crowd watching, you know, I go, hey, and then I, I had to come and say, thank you. I had nothing to do with it. I did show up. But see, it's when you represent him and you give your all, you never know what the results are going to be. And guess what? You may not even know the results of what God's going to do in your life. When you give that. And see, the thing, the pool that's always keeping us is like, what if people find out? What if people, and see, what God's saying, no, 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 let's get your priorities straight. You came to serve me, to give me all your life. Is that your priority? Come on. What's your purpose? How many of you want all of God? Come on, three people. How many want all of God? That's your purpose. So you got to have the right perspective. You have the right purpose. You have to have the right priorities, like I said at the beginning. And then guess what? When you do all of that, you begin to have different kind of practices. You see, this is my, this is my struggle. When I go at night and it's like it gets quiet and after you've eaten dinner and all of a sudden you're just sitting back maybe in your easy chair you're going to read a book or whatever you're going to do or get on your computer and all of a sudden you hear this it's not really hunger it's just like it's kind of like that little devil coming hey Tracy went to Walmart today it speaks just like a little subtle thing have you checked the freezer yet I wonder what kind of variety she got today. Instead of going, no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. See, I'm just being, food is one of the things I'd have to deal with. And so how do I, I mean, that's me. I'm talking about me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And I'm like, this week I said, God, (laughs) I'm going to give you my all in this area of my life. Because this is an area that I just don't, I don't like to put the check by it. I don't like to talk about it. It's me. I'm not starting a new diet at the beginning of the year. We are going to do a fast. I knew you were going to get us past the boat. No, that's not it. But my desire for every one of you is God's desire, is that you would live life and you would have life abundant that you would see him and say, God, I'm going to lay it down. I'm going to take up what you have for me. And I'm going to follow you. If there was hope for the thief at the cross, there's hope for you and me. Come on, what is it hopeless? The thief, remember? The two, the two people, and I'm, I'm done. One, if you're the Lord, if you're who you think you are and say you are, Get us down, bro. Let's take over. And the other side was, Lord, I'm, I'm, in, I'm really messed up. I deserve what I had coming to me. You're a man. You're a righteous man. You don't deserve what you've gotten. But would you remember me? Would you remember me when you get to your father? And what did he say? Basically he said, brother, 
This is what he said. If he was in our part of the country. Brother, you have no worries. You're going to journey with me. You're going to journey with me. You're forgiven. He didn't even say you're forgiven. He didn't even have a long list. Will you forgive me for so-and-so and so Went all about that. Because you know what? He knew his motive. He knew his heart. God knows where you're at. And for some of you, maybe you just need someone to pray with you this morning. And before I pray, I want some of our prayer partners just to come up. Come on, just come on up. Come on up. Come on. It has to start there. You go, well, I don't know if I'm a prayer partner. You love Jesus. Can you pray for somebody? Then come on up. Come on, I need some men. I need some men's up here. If you need some prayer this morning, there'll be people here to pray with you. Because I don't want you to leave. Here's what the enemy will do before we even pray. You don't need to go up there. You got it under control. But yet you know inside there's that struggle. You know that there's a war raging inside of you. And some of you, you just need to say it. The Bible says if we confess our sins, our faults to one another, he's faithful and just to forgive us of all the junk, all the unrighteousness, all the things. That the, and he said, and this is one of the part I like. And we stop right there many times. But the Bible says, and cleanse you. Not only will forgive you, he'll cleanse you. It's a new start. It's like you, when you go give that baby a bath. And they, you know what a baby smells like? Everybody loves to smell that little baby after they say, that's God's going, you're washed, you're clean. It's a new beginning. It's a new start. I'm going to pray. And I just want you to bow your head this morning. And if you know that you've lived a life that's just a partially surrendered life, this is your moment. I'm going to pray for you and pray with you. But if you just need someone to pray with you, encourage you, we have them here. We don't want you to leave. Not praying with somebody. Not agreeing. Because see, sometimes this life is a struggle. And unless you come to that point and embarrass your flesh. I asked you to bow your head, but look at me one more time. Then I'm going to bow your head. I remember when I used to be on the road. And I'll just tell you the truth told this to my son Nathan this week I, was, I used to travel on the road and sometimes it was hard to be by yourself and I remember I was really tempted one time just really tempted to watch something on TV that I really didn't need to watch and before I did that I, th- I mean I'm getting tempted all these stuff's coming at me as a guy man, my wife's not going to know if I watched something or did something or you know oh, come on I'm loving God, all this stuff. But I'm getting tempted. I'm by myself. I'm alone. I'm out of town. And I pick up the phone. And I just go, hey. There's one of my friends that's good. Hey. And I just embarrassed my flesh. I'm thinking about all this stuff. And this stuff's coming in my life. And you know what? I'm about to do something I really don't want to do. Can we just talk until it goes away? And we talk. And he said, let me just pray for you. 
Can I tell you something? I went home, no guilt, no shame. I was able to walk like God wanted me to walk. But can I tell you, it was a battle. Amen? And sometimes we just got to be honest in the battle we walk through. Now you can bow your head and I'll pray with you. And if you need someone to pray with, you got it. All right? Father, I just thank you for everyone here this morning. I thank you that, Lord, we know this morning the difference between living a partial life, a partially surrendered life, and a totally surrendered life. Help us to find the perspective we need to walk in. Help us to find, God, the priorities that need to be important in our lives. The purpose you've called us to walk in. But, Lord, more than that, that the practices, that we would change our practices to be all that you want us to be. And Lord, I pray for everyone here. There's no condemnation in this house. Lord, we're just here to help and encourage because even the people that are there to pray with us this morning, the people that walk through things themselves, but are here to encourage and to, to provoke us to love you. Lord, we love you. We want to honor you and please you. Give us the strength and ability to do that. But help us to be real, to be able to be honest with those that we need to be honest with. I just pray it. And I pray that the the fruit of all of this would be the love of God and the joy in people's hearts and the power and the freedom of the Holy Spirit upon people's minds and their hearts and their lives. In Jesus' name.